Good day, friends. I am so happy to have you back here. I am just Tamika, and today I really wanted to take a minute and talk to you about the importance of self-care, especially in this day and age. We have been through quite a lot. So 2020 gave us a laundry list of stressors that we really had to live through. I mean, for basketball fans, there was the loss of Kobe Bryant, um, along with his 13-year-old daughter and others. There were others on the flight. There were uh, his friends, uh, co-workers, and I think maybe um, some of their children were on the flight. I think at least one other kid, which was heartrending. And then we, in fact, February stepped into the beginning of this global health crisis that we have here and through that we've experienced massive job loss um, education was interrupted for our children and what murder hornets oh my goodness um, I do remember the the stress and anxiety not to mention people were starting to stock up on things you couldn't find supplies like you know basics like toilet paper was difficult to find cleansing wipes uh, disinfectants were very hard to find um, and then as we're in the middle of this and we're we're holding on for dear life we head in the summer and we see a rise in racism and intolerance and in uh, racial motivated violence which led to resulting social unrest and so we had people who were trying to um, protest and we had people who were counter protesters and it was just a lot to deal with. We slid through the rest of the year with just more of the same. We had things, you know, we were uh, submitted to uh, being locked down, having to shelter in place, dealing with that. Um, we also had to deal with um, the illnesses of loved ones, seeing the numbers rise, which is a huge, big, scary thing. We think that, uh, you know, if we get out of December 2020, we feel like, hmm, things are going to get a little bit better. This has got to be better. This has got to be better. We hit 2021 and boom, political tensions are at an all-time high. You have the sitting president who uh, was voted out of office and refuses to acknowledge that uh, his time is over. You have people who are... Um, siding with 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 that that mind of thinking who january 6th during the uh the the the, the official count and voting for the the now current president you had american people storm the capitol building and one officer was killed in the in the melee one of the protesters themselves were killed there were several people who were also um just you know who who perished due to medical emergencies but this is a lot so we're still in 2020 we're just entering april and we're still not completely out of this pandemic i mean this people is, is a lot so is it any wonder that we see depression and anxiety skyrocketing um both in young adults and and adults but especially we have to be mindful of our young people right um and then just understanding that um, your own anxiety may be on the rise, your own depression. If you've never had to deal with or never really recognize your, what depression and anxiety is, it can catch you unawares. It can catch you on, on, on um, it can throw you off, I think. And I think that it's important to realize that we have been through a lot, just worldwide. And we have been white knuckling it, holding on for dear life. And it's 
we're at a time where things are slowing down and our bodies are finally having that space, that time to react. Um, I had a dear cousin who was um, concerned because she was noticing some teeth grinding. I've had clients tell me about uh, things that are indicative of anxiety that they're dealing with that they didn't realize were even going on. I have people that are holding tension in their body and when they relax and release, they're like, oh, I didn't even know I was holding on to that. And so I think that it's important to have this conversation and to understand that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to to just realize that, you know what, we're just trying to survive these abnormal things that are going on. We have younger adults um, racial and ethnic minorities, essential workers, and unpaid care, adult caregivers who have experienced um, worse mental health outcomes. There have been increases in substance use and elevated suicidal thoughts. We people have been through a lot. So I think that it's, it's, it's really, really, really important for us to just be able to slow down and to stop and breathe and to exercise some some self-care. I know me as a mom, when I first um, became familiar with the idea of self-care, it was something that I didn't think I had time to do. I mean, to me, it sounded like, oh, going to the spa or getting my nails done. I, I didn't have time to deal with any of that. Um, I had kids, I had a family to raise, I had a job to do, um, but it's not that. Really, taking care of yourself is doing those small things that are you know what make you okay those things that help you to be okay so if that looks like going for a walk for you if that looks like taking a bubble bath if that looks like you know getting some exercise or you know kicking uh kicking your pillow or just whatever it is that you need to do to be okay. Maybe it is that extra scoop of ice cream. Maybe it is, um, you know, that piece of chocolate. You can allow yourself small amounts of these things to just kind of get you through. Nobody's expecting you to push through and to just continue on as usual. I think we're all allowed to press the pause button and to just kind of get through this. I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about what the Bible says on self-care. So be the, the Bible doesn't come right out and speak about self-care in so many words, but it does give examples and directives that help to guide us. So if we look at Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, remember the Sabbath, which is the seventh day, to keep it holy or set apart, dedicated to God. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath, which is a day of rest dedicated to your Lord God. On that day, you are not to do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the temporary resident, which is the for, for, foreigner who may be traveling through, who stays within your city gates. For in the six days, the Lord made the heaven and earth, the sea and everything, excuse me, and everything that is in them. And then he rested or ceased on the seventh day. So that's why the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. That is set aside for his purposes. And even in that, he's given us a guide. We work through the week, but we are to have one day where we're able to kind of rest and relax and just focus on God and just his goodness. Um, even Jesus practiced self-care. He took some much needed time during his time on this stressful planet. If you look in Luke 4 and 16, we see Jesus talking, taking time to worship and enjoy the word. So he came to Nazareth where he's been brought up and he was, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. That's fine. Um, that's the amplified version. But in Matthew 14 verses 22 to 23, we see Jesus standing sending his disciples ahead as he goes for a walk. And this is where he walks on water. But it reads, immediately as he directed the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, 
of the Sea of Galilee, while he sent the crowds away, he had dismissed the crowds. He went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. So even Jesus took time to be alone. It's okay to have moments of solitude. That doesn't mean that I'm saying that, oh, don't be around people. You should isolate. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that everyone, even Jesus, needed some me time. And whether that's the time that you used to pray or if that's the time that you use to kind of decompress or de-stress, then that's what you need to do. Jesus lived a life of intense and constant service during his ministry. In Mark 7 and 24, we see Jesus attempting to have a bit of solitude. But alas, the crowd finds him. The scripture reads, Jesus got up and left there and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, the coastal area of Phoenicia. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know about it, but it was impossible for him to be hidden from the public. So there are times when um, people find us. There are times when if you're a parent, you might be hiding out in a bathroom. You might be, I don't know, but your kids have a way of finding you. Um, this doesn't mean you don't give them attention, but it's okay to set boundaries around things. It's okay to say, you know, mom or dad needs a little bit of time or mom's on a timeout or whatever language you use with your kiddo to help them to understand. And you're setting boundaries. You're also modeling to them that it's okay to have time to yourself sometimes. And this will, you know, this should help them to be able to realize as they grow that they will also need those that time and to be okay with taking that time. You know, I think that we're conditioned in this world to be busy, 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 and it's a lot of busy work, but it's not as effective as it could be if you're able to stop, take your time, breathe, maybe think intentionally on what you're doing, and then move forward. So uh, it just really is a much more effective way to be able to calm down and, and to just get you know, refuel your, replenish and refuel your, 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 your stores of energy. In Luke 22 and 41, we see Jesus getting away to immerse himself in intense conversation, also known as prayer with the father, God, our creator. So these verses read from the Amplified version. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. His sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Now that is some intense um, stress, you know, for him to bleed, bleed blood, in fact. But I think what I want you to take away from this is there are times in life where it gets so hard, it gets so difficult, the stressors are so big that we have to remember that God's bigger. And those are times we need to steal away, get off to ourselves and really just talk to the Lord, begin to pray to him, begin to ask him, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need your covering. Lord, I need your blessing. Lord, I need your direction. Whatever it is that you're seeking from him, you need to be able to have the time, the space and the solitude to be able to go to him earnestly. In Mark 6, and 30 through 32, after feeding of the 5,000, we even see Jesus instructing his, his apostles to get away and rest. This from Amplified Version reads as this. The apostles, who had been sent on a mission, gathered together with Jesus and told him everything they had done and taught. He said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. For there are many people who are continually coming and going, and they cannot even find time to eat. And they went away by themselves on a boat to a secluded place. If this is not a model of Jesus showing you in your personal life that you're allowed to rest, that you don't have to push, 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 go, then I think pay attention to this and, and realize that it's okay. You're allowed to take some time. You're allowed to take some space. So 
And looking back at what the Bible says, what did we learn? If Jesus took time to rest and replenish his mental and emotional resources to deal with his daily stressors, then why is it that you think you're not allowed? The only person stopping you is you. So you may need to put some boundaries around your time. If that means setting an alarm for maybe 15 minutes to go for a walk or 15 minutes to pray or 15 minutes to just sit and let your mind do nothing, then that's 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 what you need to do then that's that's what you set boundaries to do you don't do things that you that you don't plan to do so if starting means you know putting on a calendar if it means setting your phone alarm if it means setting uh, alexa or google <laughs> to remind you then you know do do it's easy and and you can grow from that you can get bigger from that you can be more effective just in starting to make these little changes so there are different types of self-care there's physical, which has to do with making sure that you have good sleep hygiene. It might be stretching before you go to bed. It could be walking. It could be physical release. Some people really feel amped up and, and um, really need that sense of physical release, whether that's through uh, intense exercise, like maybe running. It might be push-ups. It might be some sort of cardio. Um, you can take care of yourself physically by eating healthy foods, maybe implementing some yoga, and definitely rest. Rest is a biggie that we don't do. Emotional self-care consists of things like stress management, emotional maturity, so managing your, your emotions, uh, forgiveness, which is not an easy thing to do, um, compassion and kindness. I want to go back to forgiveness because as much as we think forgiveness is for other people, it's for us. If we are holding somebody in unforgiveness, we're the ones that are, are, are holding on to that. That It actually has a physical response to it. I, I challenge you, somebody that you have an issue with, every time they enter the room or you enter the room, then, <clears throat> excuse me, then you're going to find yourself, oh my gosh, you're going to tense up. You're going to have this reaction. And you're you're the one who's dealing with all of this. Now, if this person doesn't have a, a problem with you or may not even know that you have a problem, they're living their life. They're going on just fine. But you're the one who's stressing yourself out and giving you all this. Also, for uh, us children of God, if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. So God is going to forgive those who forgives others. If he can forgive you your sins, who are you to not forgive somebody for whatever things they've done here? And then you have social uh, self-care. So these are where you set your boundaries. These are these are uh, things around society and connection that you um, that you implement to take care of yourself. So these are boundaries. These are having a good support system. These are making positive use of social media, uh, making sure that you're communicating or you have somebody a, a source of communication, somebody that. Uh, you can communicate with it's spending time with others and it's asking for help when you need help there is no weakness in asking for help we all need to um, from time to time and then last but not least there is spiritual self-care this might look like time alone to pray or to meditate it might be some people uh, use yoga as a way to connect spiritually um, it could be maybe you communing in nature with God and all that he's created. It could be journaling or it could just be your sacred space. So these are things that, that we can do. Exercise is an excellent form of self-care. Amherst University shares that there are some benefits to exercise like mood improvement. Exercise can help boost your energy. It can help you achieve better sleep. 
um, it can actually help uh, your sexual health in the in the bedroom or in the old marital bed here. Um, it can also prevent and combat many forms of disease. And so um, being able to exercise and keep yourself in peak condition helps fight things like stroke, heart attack, um, heart disease, diabetes, those sorts of things. Um, and I'm sure that there are many more that I, that I didn't mention. When it comes to emotional self-care, um, the White Swan Foundation gives 10 tips. It says, take care of your physical health, which is a given. Um, you might want to get fresh air and sunshine. So this might be just spending time outside, taking hikes or walks. You want to invest time in yourself. So some me time. You know, what does that look like in your life? And how can you, how can you, how can you create some me time if you don't have it? Um, you want to spend time with those that you enjoy or those that you feel nurture who you are. You don't necessarily want to spend time with negative people or people that tear you down. You can take up a new hobby or a new activity. You definitely want to learn to practice some self-compassion, being which means basically what I treat somebody else the way I treat myself. A lot of times we're much kinder to others than we are to ourselves. And so we want to begin to develop and practice some self-compassion, um, just being compassionate towards yourself. <clears throat> Excuse me. You want to recognize your triggers and manage your responses because your responses. Sometimes we realize that things trigger us or that that upset us. And if you know the trigger, many times you can avoid it or practice a healthier response. You really do want to identify your strengths and weaknesses and be able to set healthy boundaries. So if I know that my strength is that, um, you know what, I'm a strong reader. So maybe I want to develop that a little bit more. Maybe one of my weak areas are that it is that maybe I, um, I get frustrated with people sometimes. So what I want to do is I want to keep an eye on that and I want to be able to work on that response. I also want to set healthy boundaries. So if there are people that are negative, that are um, not really conducive to my mental well-being, then I want to sell I want to set boundaries around it. Doesn't mean that I can't be around these these people, but what it does mean is that I want to limit the time that I spend with them. I want to make sure that after I spend time with them, I'm going to do something that boosts my mood, that that kind of helps lift me up again. We want to practice gratitude. Um, practicing gratitude is really big. It's one way that uh, researchers have found that is the true route to happiness is practicing gratitude. When you can think about all of the things that you've been blessed with, then it moves you into a place of gratitude, a place of, 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 of deeper worship. You do want to practice self-expression, be able to express yourself, whether that's through maybe you like to sing, maybe it's, you know, the creative arts, maybe you draw, maybe you write. I don't know. However you choose to express yourself, maybe it's fashion. Do that because if it makes you feel good, then it's good for you. And then you need to remember it's okay to ask for help when you need it. You, you, we don't, we cannot, we don't exist alone. God created us to be social creatures and social beings, so we can be there for each other. But we need to make sure that we're we're really putting it out there when we need it. And then in regard to social self care, we want to make sure that we're using um, social media or just around people in general, I can't say this enough, we want to say, set safe and healthy boundaries. Um, that means letting your know me know. Um, Matthew 5 and 37 in the messenger version puts it as, and don't say anything that you don't mean. The council is embedded deep in our traditions. You'll only make things work 
worse when you lay down a smoke screen of pious talk saying, I'll pray for you and never doing it or saying God be with you and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with a re with religious lace In making your speech sound more religious. It becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words, you get to get your own way, you go wrong. And so it gets us off of God's plans when we do that. But there are times too when we'll we'll say yes or okay, but we don't really mean it. We'll we'll you know, and, and it's really akin to this same thing. When you're saying and expressing things that you don't mean, it's it's not healthy for you. And it messes with your, your spiritual walk. So what you want to do, if it's no, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to say it in a brutal way. You don't have to bite someone's head off. No, I don't want you. No, that's not okay. You can simply say, you know what? No, I'm not able to do that right now. Or no, I have something else that I'm planning. It is okay to say no. It doesn't mean you're less of a Christian. It doesn't mean you're not a good person by saying no. But it's something that does have to be practiced by people like me who are really People pleasers at the core, that's something that I've had to work on. It's something that I continuously work on because it doesn't feel good to me to say no. I feel like I'm letting people down, even though it's not true. So I do have to have some self-talk in there. I do have to pray about it. And I do have to continue to walk in. It's okay to say no. I have to tell myself that sometimes. You also want to um, be around people who you find supportive. Like I said, not people who tear you down. You want to, again, make positive use of social media. Um, asking for help when needed is huge. Building a sense of a community. So if this sounds a little bit redundant, it's because I'm going back to those big points and trying to break them down a little bit. And then, as I said, under spiritual care, um, time alone to pray and meditate on the Bible is much needed. It's um, what gives us the direction that God wants us. So we talk to God through prayer. He talks back through his word. And so we don't know his word if we don't read it. And we need to think on it and to digest it. God's word is so big and so just profound that it takes sometimes breaking it down, praying about it. In fact, before you read the Bible, you should always pray and ask God to help give you an understanding for it and help give, give you what he wants you to get out of it. Because it doesn't matter how many times you read the same verse, typically you'll get something different out of it. And I think it really is... Um, dependent on where you are in that moment spiritually, where you are in that moment in your life and where you are in your relationship with God. Um, there are times according to, and all, I think it goes according to what you need. There are times when you need something, um, different than you needed the last time. And the Bible is profound enough to, to act in that way. It's reactive. So we also need to create time to read the Bible. We need to build community or fellowship. So that sense of community helps us feel supported. It helps us feel engaged. It actually is a boost. <clears throat> it builds our support network. And if you could do that around the Bible, all the better, right? We do want to practice mindful meditation. Mindfulness is simply being intentional of being present in this moment. So if you think about how the brain works, we're always thinking about what happened or which is past oriented or the future what's coming up what's due what we have to do what's going to happen what could happen instead of being able to rest in this moment so being mindful and meditating on this moment this time right now it really is so freeing and relaxing because i don't have to stress about what's coming i don't have to stress about what happened i can just rest right here and be thankful for this moment this second right here right now and then Maybe something you might want to try is to go on a walk, maybe a noticing walk where you're noticing things in the in the area that you haven't noticed before, being intentional, using your mind to mentally pay attention, or go on a praying walk. As you walk through an area or a neighborhood, um, 
pray. Pray for those that are in the houses. Pray for those that are working. Pray for those that you see. Pray for those or just, you know, just pray while you walk. It's a powerful combination. There are also some basic breathing exercises that can help. There is box breathing, which you inhale for a four count, hold for a four count, exhale for a four count, and you hold your breath at the bottom. So it sounds like this. Inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. You would really do this mentally because as you talk, you're expelling air. So it's not a true example of it. But I just wanted to give you a little something that because you always have your breath with you. You can always breathe. You can always practice breathing exercises. Um, there's also emptying breath, which is where you slowly inhale for a three count and extend your exhalation for a six count, blowing out as much air as possible. So you breathe in and out. And then these are just a few ways you can take mini breaks and boost your self-care during these difficult times. Um, I really wanted to share that with you on your journey to being able to move forward and to just find some time to be. Thank you for joining me. Take care. And as always, I am just Tamika.